This is Inside Sports. Sashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the news. Inside the updates. Asalaamu Alaikum and a very good evening. You're listening to Inside Sport, exclusive to the Voice of the Cape, where we cover all the latest news and chat to past and present sports stars as well. I'm your host, Firo Sheikh. My tech tonight is Nazim Peterson. We're talking football tonight. My guest is the former Santos midfielder, Donovan Ronnie. But before I chat to Donny, as he's known, let's catch up with the latest news. Now, there were matches in the Premier League today. One just kicked off or is kicking off at the moment, uh, a couple of minutes' time, actually, at quarter past eight. Leicester playing Aston Villa at the King Power. Some of the results from earlier on, Sheffield United and Fulham played to a one-all draw. Crystal Palace and Brighton also played to a one-all draw. And Tottenham and West Ham, what an exciting finish that one, finishing three-all that match there. Now there were wins for Kaza Chiefs and uh, Bloom Celtic in the MTN8. Chiefs beating Mountsburg United 2-1. Sundowns, while well, they were lo- uh, lost there, Bloom Celtic upsetting them 1-0 there to Bloom Celtic. And there was a double header in the IPL as well. I think both is going into uh, um, a super over. The first one, the uh, Sunrise Hyderabad losing to the Kolkata Knight Riders there. Both of them finishing on 164. That went into the super over. Uh, Sunrise only made two runs. Knight Riders winning that one. And the match at the moment, Mumbai Indians and the Kings 11 Punjab. That match has just finished. I'm just looking at the score on uh, ESPN Crick Info. Uh, it says 176 Mumbai Indians, 176 Kings 11 Punjab. So it seems like that match is going into a, a super over as well. So the IPL definitely hotting up there. Now, time to say a very good evening to Donovan Ronnie. Thanks for joining me tonight on Voice of the Cape. Good evening, Firaz. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's Real only a honor. pleasure. It's only a pleasure, Donnie. Now, you can join the conversation as well. You can call 21 or WhatsApp 072-238-0712 for any comments or questions uh, to uh, Donovan Ronnie. Donnie, where did it all begin, begin for you uh, as a footballer? Was football firstly your sport of choice? Um, yes, it was. I was born in Claremont. And we were moved to Aderfeld in 1966 uh, due to the Group Eres Act. Uh, my brother, my eldest brother, was playing for Wolves uh, Football Club at, the mo- at that time. And it was just a natural progression that I would join them as well. And I played my first game in, I was eight years old, the last game of the season. I played in the under 12 B team, not registered or anything. Mm. I scored four goals and I haven't looked back. Were you always a midfielder, Tony? Now, I say that you're one of your former teammates, Keith America, says that uh, you were great on one-on-one situations and had great uh, ball skills. So were you, you, you just mentioned now you scored many, many goals. So were you always a midfielder? Uh, no. When I started playing football, um, the formation was 5-3-2 and five being five forwards, three midfielders and two defenders. <laughs> <laughs> so I started as a inside right, most probably as inside right and a right wing so I was more of a forward and as progress I think I became a, a right midfielder and how did that uh, would someone put you into midfield or did it automatically happen 
I think it automatically happened because of me being a, a winger. Although I wasn't a very defensive midfielder, I was more the attacking one. Uh. And while at Santos, the great thing is I had a great right back, Rashad David, who gave me free reign to attack and you do all my defending. Uh. So that was good. I got a message here from Ian Southgate, former Batswit uh, player. He said he had the honour of playing with the Donny for CFDA. So what was CFDA? Uh, that was the Cape District uh, Football Association. That was our board team okay. at Weinberg. All right. So, yeah. so he says he played against him for many years. What a player, in my opinion. He was born too early to represent South Africa. Donny had uh, dribbling skills and pace second to none. One of the most difficult opponents I've had to face in my playing days. A truly great player and a good friend. So, you know, great, uh, great to be recognized by uh, fellow uh, 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 players. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Um, yeah, we had some great battles. Uh, Ian playing, obviously, centre-back for Batsud and then becoming teammates in the, in the ball team. And the nice thing that I've played in that era is that we are still friends. Mm. Uh, while when we went on that field, there was no friends. <laughs> you know, but when we walked off, we, was, we, we, we were friends and we, were still, we still are friends. Well, that's how it should be, right? You, yes. you, you fight hard on the field and off the field, you are your friends. Now, Tony, did you have any role models that you wanted to play like or did you just uh, want to you know, play the way you wanted to play? Okay, now my I definitely had a, a role model and Kevin Keegan mm. uh, and after him Kenny Dalglish were the two players that I idolized. So I, I take to. it you're a Liverpool fan, right? Yes, I am. Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> and then and, <laughs> and then locally, any role models? Uh, locally, I think at at that stage um, when I was growing up, there wasn't as much soccer as there is now. Mm. Um, and so, yes, my dad took me, took us to go and watch Cape Town City that time in Hellenic play because he was with St. John's and I would always go with him. But I don't really remember having a, a local role mm. model. I definitely, being a right wing, um, Kevin Keegan, uh, I loved him. Really. Well, he was a star. I mean, I remember watching him as well. He was absolutely phenomenal. Now, you obviously played for the people's team. Santos, how did you get your break to play uh, in the pro ranks? Okay, I, I was playing for, for Sinton at the time when Santos started in 1982. Um, stayed in Edefeld. The team was literally, well, the, the headquarters was a street away from where I stayed. And the uh, first manager was Neville Trout, who had been my manager at Tools. And they had open trials, and I went to, to, to the trials at Santos in, in, on the field at Edefeld, and that's how I started. I played one year, and then I left after one year, and I went back two years, three years later again. So you played one year professional, then you went to the amateur back to the ranks. amateur again, yes. And which team did you join in the amateur ranks before in, coming back to uh, Santos? In the amateur ranks, I went back to uh, to Sinton, uh, and then I was with Wolves, and then I went back to the... Before we talk about some of your highlights with the Santos, let's talk about some of your highlights in the amateur ranks with some of the teams you played. Yeah. Okay, I played for, for, for Wolves uh, as, as a junior. I started at nine years old. And I left Wolves and I was 19. I then went to Sinton. I played with Sinton. Won many junior awards, player of the year, highest goal scorer and that. And I also represented Cape District Board. I made my senior debut at 15 for Wolves. 
I remember being kicked <laughs> on this, Cape District A field quite a bit uh, because then you were playing against much older guys. Mm. Uh, luckily for me, we had some good defenders who, who protected me. Yeah. I learned how to jump, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the only way I could protect myself. Um, and then I represented Cape District and I represented Western Province as well. One, I think it was three or four um, inter inter-district finals mm. with Cape District and that's where I played with most of the bachelor guys Okay, now if I remember as well back in the day, I mean you talked about jumping and not many players had uh, wore shin pads as well and a lot of them played with their socks to their, yeah. to their almost just above the ankles, were you one of those guys? 100% <laughs> 100% I've got lots of photos <laughs> Now <laughs> was it difficult to wear shin guards? I mean now it's, it's a rule right? You have to wear it now yeah. Back then was it, uh, why did you guys not uh, or choose not to use it? Um, well, I think for me, it was just uh, shin guards were back in the day was very bulky. Mm. It's not as it as it is now. Yes. We have the small little things. We had bulky stuff, and I always thought that the shin guards was going to slow me down. So <laughs> I wasn't interested in playing with shin guards and. Uh, the shins are not too bad. I don't have too many <laughs> marks on the shins. <laughs> That's why the jumping came in handy. Now, uh, Santos won the league on many occasions, Donnie, and I'm sure you were one of the winners there on many occasions as well. 83, 84, 86, 87, 88, and 90. You guys dominated uh, uh, the FPL as well as cup winners, 85, 88, and 90 as well. Now, you're part of a very, very strong and successful team. Can you share some of those highlights with us, with Santos? Yeah, look, Santos, we... Initially, uh, we never got our, um, we lost two finals or three finals in a row and eventually we won our first one. When uh, The first final that Santos won, I played as a guest player. And unfortunately, my last, you were allowed six games for this season. My last game was the semi-final and I never got to play that final, the first final they won uh, in Durban against Chelsea. Uh, but after that, uh, I was part of the treble we didn't team mm. uh, in 88 which was ach, there's just so many memories <laughs> and, and those cup finals are uh, playing in a, in a packed Curry's Fountain I scored the equaliser in the last 25 seconds mm. to equalise the game yeah so there's so many memories uh, fantastic Donnie we'll come back to that we're just going to take a Zan break and we'll come back to our chat ok it's a pleasure this is Inside Sport. Assalamu alaikum. Just gone 26 minutes past eight. You're listening to Inside Sport on Voice of the Cape. My guest tonight is the former Bats with, uh, bats with Santos. <laughs> My apologies, Donny. Uh, Santos please. midfielder, Donny Roddy. Now, uh, before the break, uh, Donny, we're chatting about uh, Santos dominating in the FPL, winning the league 83, 84, 86, 87, 88, and 90, as well as cup winners. Uh, I would say you are part of a very successful team. Can you share some of those highlights with us? Yeah, like I said earlier, the, the 88 season was, was a real highlight with us doing the treble. Uh, it's actually Desmond Crowe won the player of the year that year, and, and I, I thought I was in line for that. <laughs> I thought I'd played very well that year. I eventually won it in, in 1990, which was, I suppose, it was the last year of federation, so... In a sense, I'm the last FPL player of the year. Um, the cup finals were were real magical things. I had lots of lovely, lovely memories. Played with great guys, mm. uh, formed friendships for life. Incidentally, I'd just like to wish Stephen Hendricks, our central defender, a happy birthday for today. 
I thought I'll just throw that in. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, traveling and and just the the wherever we played, be it Johannesburg, Pretoria, Durban, uh, Peter Maritzburg, the, the reception we received there was always great. Mm. The referees didn't receive us so well, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> um, but but as memories, I think you know I'll never lose them. No, fantastic. So you you were the final player of the year in the FPL era. Yeah. Uh, so what did you get for winning the Federation Player of the Year? Can you still remember that? Um, yeah, I think it was a thousand rand. That was a lot of money back then. It was in nineteen ninety. I think it was a thousand rand. I don't even know if I got the, all the money. But <laughs> <laughs> no trophies or anything. Yes, I got a trophy. Uh, I hope you a, still a have a it. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, in fact, the, the the big trophy and the and the keepsake. Uh-huh. Um, I still have it. Yes. No. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Now, as a, as a midfielder, you obviously scored lots of goals, I believe, as well. Um, any special goals that stand out for you? Um, yes, I think the the one that really stands out was the the knockout final in 1988 uh, when we played against Tongat Crusaders. They were leading us one uh, 0 and I scored the equaliser in the well with 25 seconds to go. And I know it's 25 seconds because the referee actually told me before they sent it. He said, "Can you see? Here? There was 25 seconds left." Uh-huh. Um, and the game into extra time, we drew that game, and the following week we went back and we. We beat them 5-2 in, in the replay. That was a special goal. And then I have one uh, really special goal. I, in fact, just read the write-up tonight, uh, earlier this afternoon. was against Chelsea at the, the in Bosman. I'm just trying to think of the Longdale. I'm not sure of the stadium's name now. Longcliffe in Longcliffe Road. Anyway, uh, we played against Chelsea and... They had us under the cosh, and Owen Fredericks uh, was the, the left back. And he just about told me everything that I needed to know about my mother and <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> and I was, what, 22, 23, and Owen was much older than me. Um, but I hit a, a shot basically from the goal line, which got stuck behind the stanchion. You know, the guys who thought the ball had gone behind had actually gone in the near post. Mm. And I ran straight to, to Owen. Oh. And subsequently, we became the best of friends. <laughs> Fantastic. But at least something good came out, <laughs> out of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, because Chelsea was, they had some mm. pretty mean guys. Uh, and of course, we were, we were a pretty young team. Yeah. It was, in fact, in, it was in our first year. So I think I was 22. So we had some very interesting conversations off here. I'd just like you to share that for some of our listeners in terms of what was it like traveling as a professional player back then? Uh, there, there weren't flights, really. I think maybe in the late towards the end that you guys had to take uh, planes. But prior to that, it was traveling from Cape Town to Durban uh, on the N1 most of the time. And then obviously, for example, if you guys had to go to, to Durban, you'd had to uh, reach there on a Friday because you'd play a Friday night game in maybe Pyramid. Maritzburg, and then you had to play a Sunday game in Durban because because of financial uh, implications. You had to play two games instead of going back and forth. And obviously, uh, some of the places you visited, they were chatting it, uh, about the places you ate and things like that. Let's share some of those uh, memories yeah. with us. Yeah, the first year I played for, for Santos, um, we did a couple of trips by bus. Uh, that was doing to Chilwin Santos. Uh, when I went back, 
in 85, 86. It was like body centers. And our traveling, just to give an example, if we, if we played in Durban over the weekend, I would go to work on the Friday morning and I would be picked up from work. Rodney Tace was a teacher at, at Adel Cressy. Uh, Rodney Tace would come and pick me up and we must probably have a flight at about 11 uh, from Cape Town to, to, to Durban. And then the flights were not direct to Durban. You'd go via East London or Port Elizabeth or Bloemfontein. Uh, we'd get to Durban. We'd have to hire the combi and the car. And we'd drive down to, to Peter Maritzburg. We'd play the Friday evening. And, of course, we, we don't have a squad of about 13 or 14. So you better not get injured on the Friday <laughs> night because we, uh, I can tell you we've had to, to fix each other up. Uh, and, of course, we had no Messiah going with us or anything. Yeah. Uh, we'd play the, the, the Friday night, we'd travel back to Durban, go into those, uh, what was it, those five-star hotels, but the stars had all fallen off already from <laughs> those hotels. Um, Saturday morning would be uh, Indian Indian market, mm. uh, that would normally be... Uh, that was like your outing, that before, was the the outing. Ma- before the match. <laughs> before the match. Oh. Um, and of course, then uh, we'd normally get... 10, 10 or 15 rand that before our supper we had to sort ourselves <laughs> out so we'd go and eat as much as you like curry down the road or something Sunday we'd play again uh, in either in Tonga or in Durban and we'd go back to the airport to save to save money they used to have a, um, a midnight flight or early mm. morning flight mm. and on many occasions we'd take that flight get back to Cape and go to work the Monday morning again sure uh, Joburg was just, was slightly different because we played the Saturday and the Sunday, so mm. then we'd fly the Saturday morning, yeah. uh, travel through to Verenigen or Pretoria, uh, and then, of course, the Sunday again play, and, of course, uh, back to the, the airport from there. So, so, so as Cape Townians going up to Durban, was the uh, the Durban curries never affected your your play at all? You guys enjoyed the Durban curries. I don't know if the Durban curry made us a run. Uh, <laughs> it did make some of us a run. I won't say the way, but <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, uh, for us the Durban curry, uh, the mild was too strong most of the time. But of course, you know. We yes. needed to eat, so and that was the cheapest thing that you could get, especially when they had eat as much as you like for yeah. nine ninety nine. No, absolutely. Now, was there any team as well? There w- would have been teams that gave you guys a hard time. Was there any uh, team that stood out there uh, besides the team? Was there any players that you had, you know, good battles with on yeah. the field? Yeah, in, in Durban, uh, in Peter Maritzburg, we had um, Maritzburg. Uh, in fact, not Maritzburg, Real Touch. Mm. Uh, there was Lionel Mabas, uh, Big Chetty. Uh, Michael Nichali, uh James Jubilani, defender, and I sort of know the guy who would, would play opposite. Yeah. Um, really gave us, in fact, they were our team initially, especially in the cup. In the league, we'd always beat them, but, but cup, cup matches, uh, I think they beat us in three finals uh, in Chile until we finally overcame them. Mm. Um, but I remember them fondly, and, and uh, as I was sharing, Big Chetty, I met. Well, in fact, the late Big Chetty I met was probably about four years ago. Mm. And it was so nice, again, chatting to him and just reminiscing. And actually, just the, the, the mutual admiration that we had for each other, which we missed while in our playing days. Yeah. You know, that we could catch up and actually just compliment each other on, on, on how we played. Um, Manning Rangers, we didn't have a problem with in Durban. Um, 
Chelsea was, was also quite tough in Johannesburg. Mm. But in Durban, Berea also used to give us quite a, quite a run for our money up there. And what about uh, going up to Watson Park playing Crusaders? Uh, Watson Park was a lovely... Uh, Small atmosphere. Lovely, great. lovely atmosphere. Um, but I think I've lost once at, at, at Watson Park. Didn't do too badly there. Mm. But my, my all-time favorite is the Unit 3B ground in yeah. Chatsworth. Mm. Um, you'd walk down onto that field, down the stairs, in between the crowd, you just have the sea of, of spectators. Um, but a real great atmosphere. Yeah. Just to give the, the, the listeners an idea, I, I remember when, uh, when Duncan was on air and we spoke about that. Uh, you, you'd have your dressing room. There was like a narrow road which separated the, the actual free field from the uh, dressing room. It was the old municipal-style dressing rooms. Then you had to walk over the, the road, basically. Yeah. Then you get to the top, and you'd walk down because the ground was in the bottom. In the bottom, yes. And you walk in between the, the, in, the crowd. In between the crowd, yeah. Uh, you, have, you have this crowd. People all shout. And most times uh, uh, when we got there, when we went down to the field, We'd get lots of jeers and that, but uh. I can honestly say when that game was on and by the time we finished, we had quite a few supporters there. And, and that's why I've always loved that game. I've never lost at that field. Scored quite a few goals there as well. So I really have lovely memories of that field. Well, I can tell you, Donnie, that as a former Durban Knight, the Durban Knights loved the Keptonians coming there. They loved watching you guys play. Talking about those fields, let's talk about some of the atmosphere in the grounds. Let's start off with Athlone here and then Curry's Fountain and some of the other grounds. Mm. What was the atmosphere like playing in these grounds? Um, I think, look, Athlone Stadium back in the day, the crowds weren't as bad, but uh, really Unit 3B, um, you'd get the biggest crowd. Mm. That, that's always been uh, the biggest crowd. Curry's Fountain. Uh, look, we, we started playing at Curry's Fountain. Well, when I started playing, Curry's Fountain was almost almost been closed. It was it wasn't as popular as, as was, popular as it yeah. was okay. when Cape Town Spurs played. Mm. Um, incidentally, I. I had an opportunity to sign for Captain Spurs, and if I should just add that now. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> add it. Uh, I, I got selected for the, the, the Western Province team in 1981 after we had played a, a friendly for Cape District against, um, against Captain Spurs at William Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a blind over game, and the next thing that I was a provincial team, and I was in the provincial team. We, we played, incidentally, the tournament that year was in Durban. The funny thing is, I was selected... The game we played was a Tuesday night, it was under floodlights. Of course, I still used to wear specs at that stage. <laughs> while we, playing. While playing. Mm. We got to, to Durban and uh, a lot of our games were at night. And the manager at the time, uh, Ganny Tembe, felt that um, with my spectacles, it wouldn't be good for me to play under floodlights, which I found very strange because it selected me after watching <laughs> me play under floodlights. And... That very week, Cape Town Spurs played uh, in Durban as well. And they actually approached me and they wanted to sign me. Of course, coming home, spoke to my parents. My mother was not interested. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yes, I missed the opportunity of going to play for Cape Town Spurs. Um, And two years later, when Santos came knocking, I told her I need to go and try. I can't can't let this opportunity uh, Mm. pass me by. So yeah, and okay, that was just a little bit of a advert there. And then um, the the Northdale Stadium was also a very nice stadium mm. to play at. 
very hard ground. Uh, crowd was very unforgiving as well. Mm. Um, but always, uh, um, it was good. I, I enjoyed us, us going there and, and, and playing. Donnie, we just gonna before we take an ad break, I just got a message here from Adib Abrams. He says, Salam Firoz. Donnie was a gifted attacking midfielder and we had a great we had memorable battles. Had the honor of playing against him and with him in a provincial and district teams, a caring individual and a good friend. That that's a good thing, like you said earlier. Yeah. You guys battle on the field and then friends off the field, yes. which is brilliant. We're gonna take a quick ad break and we'll continue our discussion after this. Okay, thanks. This is Welcome back. You're listening to Inside Sport. My guest tonight is Donny Ronnie, the former Santos midfielder, chatting to me tonight. Uh, Donny, uh, we just got a message uh, we, which we read from Adib Abrams. I want to talk about the uh, Cape Derbies now. Obviously, Batsworth came into the FPL rather late, and obviously they dominated when they came in, 88, 89, around there. Um, what was the, the rivalry and the, the derby matches like at Athlone Stadium when you guys took on each other? Yeah. Um, just before them, we had Glendin as well. Mm. So we had, because uh, when Santos and then Santos and Glendin, that was the Cape Derby, which was always really... About bragging rights, and then of course Batsuit came, and they were the new boys on the block, and um, so it was always it was always tough for me. It was tough because I'd played with and against a lot of those guys, and so you always wanted to put one over them, you know. Um, but we had great battles: Roger Lings, Vincent Barnes, Oscar oh. Lehman, uh, Ian Southgate, Adib, all real great battles. Um, and like I said earlier, the great thing is. We, we meet each other in the street and yeah. we can talk to each other and we can reminisce about those, those games. Um, the crowd, I think, Batsford, when they came in, they actually brought in more supporters. So I was just about to, to ask, who had the more fans? They almost, the I, I would think they almost had more fans than us. I, I don't know, I might be, I might be wrong. Um, but I think... Honours was sort of even, if I, if I take over the amount of times we played against each other, mm. I think it was almost even who won as much and drew and mm. whatever. Um, we played against Batson the year before they came into the um, into the federation. And then they used to have the Benson and Edges Pro-Am tournament beginning of the season. And we, we played against him, we used to play against him then. Um, we, we beat them on two occasions that, in that tournament. And then, of course, but there was always a rivalry. Mm. There was always uh, real, um, real fierce battles. And and derbies, as derbies go, you're not always going to get the good football because yeah. nobody wants to lose. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Absolutely. Did you? Did by the way, did you uh, score any through Adib? Yes, I did. I did actually. Uh, I, not in the pro lang. It was when we when we played in the in the, in the pro am tournament. Uh. Um, I always remember one Batsuit supporter coming to me and said, "You let our goalkeeper crawl." <laughs> I said, "I'm sorry, it wasn't intentional, but I had to make sure I scored the goal." <laughs> yeah. uh, now, Donnie, you also played in the Sacos team. I think it was '88, if I'm uh, not uh, mistaken, and it was SASF, uh, South African Soccer Federation Pro Eleven, taking on the Safa Amateur Eleven that was in Cape Town. That must have been also a huge honour for you as well, representing that uh, Sacos team. I think some of the players in the team also included likes of Duncan Crowey as well in the team. Yes. Yeah, that was um, in 88. 
And the funny thing is, it was over. It was Easter Monday uh, when that game was played. And I, I remember that because we Santos had actually gone up to Port Elizabeth to play in the tournament in Port Elizabeth, mm. and we actually played that morning still in Port Elizabeth. Uh, we lost on penalties. Um, yeah, I missed one of the penalties as well that morning. <laughs> and then they had to rush us to the airport and we flew down to Cape Town and we had a training session in the afternoon because the, the guys of um, Chris Fortain, Isaac de Jong, some of the Joba guys yeah. had come down, Durban guys. And we had a training session. We played that evening. A real great game. Just one, one session before you played. Just one session before we played. Um and we, we won in extra time. They actually had um, the game into extra time. We, we won 2-1. Um, great amateur teams they had. Leonard Gregory, one of the top players of, of that played for Real Touch as well, mm. was playing amateur at the time. Um, Adib was in the amateur team as well. So it was, it was, and it was packed. And of course it was Sackos for us, non-racial sport. Mm. That was such a big honor. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I, I, to this day, still have my track suit. Well, I was about to ask you, I remember it was um, orange and black, was it? Orange and black, yes. That was the colors yes. back then. Sackos, Sackos. 88. No, absolutely. Yeah. That was like representing uh, your country type of yes, thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's for, for, for me as a player, having upheld the, the non-racial principles, it was a real... Something that, that I'm very proud of. Mm. At no stage did I ever consider uh, defecting or or sacrificing or more wanting to gain for myself. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Now, you call Superfoot Don Ronnie. Has that being <laughs> Superfoot always been part of your makeup? Or how did no, that no, come, no. come about? Uh, that, that's actually a long story. I don't think uh, the listeners like to hear that story. <laughs> that's, uh, um, I was never on Facebook. And it yeah. was, uh, like I said, it's a long story, so we won't go into that. Okay. I try and keep active. I'm not as fit as I used to be. Still trying to run around and play some football now. Mm. I enjoy hiking now, though. So, uh, yeah, that keeps me busy and a bit of golf. Um, but, you know, we still imagine we can run and play. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are still playing, right? <laughs> yes, I am still playing. Um, I haven't progressed to walk in football yet. Um, I'm trying to delay that as long as possible. <laughs> but I do walk on the field and I do play now. Yeah. So, yeah. You just let the ball do to talk. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. hopefully we'll now, with that. Unity in 1991 and Santos going into the NSL at that time, did you continue with them? And if so, for how long? Um no, uh, in, in Unity in 1991, I in fact got married in 1990, um, and I made a commitment to the Lord in 1990. And the funny thing is when 91 pre-season started, I just had no inclination to go back to, to, to play. Um, and I stopped for, well, I went back to play an amateur, and two years later I went back to, to, to Santos. Uh, I do have one goal in the NSL, the then NSL, uh -huh. uh, against Bloemfontein Celtic. Um, but that was, I didn't even complete a full season, and then I just stopped. Um, I just, the desire just wasn't yeah. there yeah. anymore. I was 33 at the time, and I suppose I could have played longer. Mm. Didn't smoke or drink, so I think I could have still gone on, but 
there just wasn't that desire. It wasn't as important as it had previously been. Sure. Just before we take our final ad break, uh, Donnie, I got another message here from Manny Davids who says, Donnie, Ronnie, a great ambassador. Believe it or not, but he can still play. I'm sure he can, Manny. He's just trying to be a bit... Uh, <laughs> uh, now, I know the feel is about uh, uh, Donnie, Ronnie, but please, can you ask him something about his son, Jason? How did Jason do with his soccer across the sea? And also doing... And uh, also Donnie playing for Santos. What was the biggest score in a game? Yesterday. Maybe we'll continue that yeah, after the can, break. I can think about that. <laughs> the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Mumbai Cafe, a culinary delight for all taste buds, is still situated in the heart of Rylands, where you can indulge in a delightful variety of food from tandoor to Indokong, pass with the grills ticker with the best garlic naan and creamy buttered chicken. Juma's special biryani for only 45 rand a portion from 12 noon until 3 p.m. Download our app to order and pick up your food. Mumbai Cafe, now situated at shop number 5, Roy Kassel. Center, corner of Cliffontaine Road. Contact 021-637-9486. Buy Fresh is an online grocery delivery service like no other. Delivering farm fresh, locally sourced and quality groceries straight to your door. Our products are sourced from the very best local farmers and food brands and packaged at our new halal facilities in Cape Town. Simply use our smart shopping filters to see only certified halal products in each category. Everything from meat and fish to seasonal veggies, fruits, artisanal bread, dairy, pantry staples and refreshments. We've got it all at an affordable price. Head to buyfresh.co.za, use the code VOC100 to get 100 Rand off your first order and receive one of our famous orange cooler bags for free. Buy Fresh. Making healthy living easy. Sally and Sally attorneys specializing in all property related transfers, bond registrations, divorce transfers, litigation and winding up of deceased estates. Trust us to look after your legal needs. Contact Abdullah Sali, Asya Sali or Ayaz Kamruddin at 021-697-2093 or visit us at 169 Taranga Road, Crawford. Sali and Sally attorneys, where trust is everything. My radio station. Your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. This is Inside Sports. Okay, welcome back. It's uh, just gone uh, 10 to uh, 9 now. We're chatting to uh, Donovan Ronnie, the former ba- uh, Batsu. I was going to say Batsu again, Donnie. My apologies <laughs> to all the Santos fans out there. Santos midfielder Donovan Ronnie. Donnie, we had this uh, question from Manny Davids who says, uh, can you ask you about your son's uh, uh, ventures overseas? And of course, what was the biggest score in the game for Santos? Let's start with the first one about your son. Okay, my son, I have two sons, Michael and Jason. Um, Michael had the opportunity to play professional football in Mauritius for one season. Um, and Jason then the following year got a scholarship to go to America uh, at Rhode Island University. Uh, he also stayed there one year and then he came back. Uh, he wasn't in the coach's plans for the for the following year. Um, yeah, so he's he came back, completed his studies. He's he's working now and he's playing Castle League for Golf Fifty. Both of them are playing Castle League at the moment for Golf Fifty. Fantastic. Um, yeah, 
I think they both can play a bit of soccer, <laughs> but I might be a bit biased in that. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, it's okay. <laughs> the highest score centers, oh, I can't remember. Uh, I, I don't think it was more than six. More than six. I don't think it was more than six. <laughs> okay, as far if, as if I it was can six, remember. Can you remember who it was against? Uh, that's even going to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that that's fine. Sorry, Mani, I'll have to go yeah. check up in my if I've got the right up or something about that. <laughs> okay, Mani, we hope we've helped in some sort of way. There, at least you got the answers about. Uh, Donny's sons there. Donny, obviously after your playing days, like many other former footballers, you went into coaching. Um, now I believe you are at an academy with another former Santos legend, uh, Jean-Marc Etier. Tell us about that. Yeah, in uh, eight years ago, um, Jean-Marc approached me uh, and said he wants to start an academy uh, if I'd like to, to assist. And myself and Andre Alexander, also a former Santos player, uh, joined him at this academy and we had a, a five-year sort of five-year plan what we wanted to do uh, incidentally jason my son uh, went over to france through the club uh, for trials there um which which we then discovered was he was 17 years old um he needed to actually go when you were 15 uh, because when when he got to france the, the youngsters in the academy there had already been two two years with the academy there and they train twice a day mm. and South Africa unfortunately we train twice a week yeah. you know so there was a big uh, um, gap uh, and ability alone wasn't going to to, to to help you so the idea of, of, of Jean Mox Academy was to prepare boys um, and get them to, to, to get trials overseas it's, it's tough. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I find a big problem we have with, with, with our kids. Um, and I don't say it's all of them. But the hard work is really a problem. Mm. And we, we're just so used to getting things so easily. So the moment there's a bit of hard work involved, the boys just shirk and, and they, they pull back. Mm. Uh, a lot of them believe if they can do a a shibobo or do a trick that's what's gonna you know get them through. get them get them yeah. through and, and unfortunately it's hard work mm. more than anything it's always going to be that that's going to take you take you there so um yeah um funding is also just a, a major issue mm. you know because with anything you want to do you need to have funding and so that is a big problem but we battle on and we try and and we're hoping we're making a difference in the boys that, that are there. No, yeah. fantastic. Uh, Donovan, Ronnie, uh, thanks for chatting uh, to us tonight on The Voice of the Cape. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Just before I go, just a quick update from the uh, Leicester City Aston Villa game. It's 39 minutes into that match there. It's still goalless as well. Well, that's it from me. I hope you enjoyed another fantastic edition of Inside Sport. I'll be back with more sporting news on the drive time from Monday to Friday. From me, Firo Sheikh, have a lovely evening. Assalamu alaikum. of the Cape in 91.3 FM Serial. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape.